When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. The storm had blown in overnight, bringing the driving snow and frozen streets. Schools closed businesses closed. The pleasure of a warm house, a cup of tea or chocolate or coffee increased. As the snow thickened on all surfaces, brave souls bundled up and ventured out into the storm with shovels in hand, pushing snow off sidewalks, cars, and steps, then scurrying back inside, only to repeat the process a few hours later. But such exercise made the extra cookie and crusty bread beside a bowl of soup even more delicious. Late into the day, the snow finally began to slow. I put on my boots, buttoned up my coat, wrapped my scarf around my neck, hat, and gloves on my hands and head. I went into the cold air to see the world before the sun went down early. I wandered up the street kicking at drifts and smelling the wood smoke drifting through the neighborhood. I turned up the street and made my way towards the park on the far side of the tennis courts to see if any snow angels had fallen down or perhaps a snowman had sprouted up. But what met my eyes in the late afternoon light was completely baffling. The first teller for this episode is John Porcino, who's new to the podcast, but has been telling stories for over 30 years, with almost 200 performances a year nowadays. His performances are a mix of stories and songs that are sparked to life with warmth, humor, and a playful touch of audience participation, and a twist of music from around the world. This is a story, or a poem, from his CD, A Heck of a Way to Stay Warm and is the tale, The Cremation of Sam McGee, which is a classic poem written by Robert W. Service in 1907, and is a favorite among many. For those who take care of sensitive ears, this poem is clever and humorous, and does contain mention of death and funeral practices. This is The Cremation of Sam McGee. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marsh of Lake Labarge when I cremated Sam McGee. Now Sam McGee was from Tennessee where the cotton blooms and blows. Why, he left his home in the south to roam round the pole. God only knows. It was always cold, but the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell, though he'd often say in his homely way, 
I'd sooner live in hell. Well, it was Christmas Day. We were mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold through the Parker's fold. It stabbed like a driven nail. If our eyes were closed, our lashes froze till sometimes we couldn't see. Well, it wasn't much fun, but the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed, and the stars overhead was dancing, heel and toe, he turns to me and... Cap, he says. I'll cash in this trip, I guess. And if I do, I'm asking you won't refuse my last request. Well, it seems so low that I couldn't say no. Then it says with a sort of a moan. It's the cursed cold. It's got right a hold till I'm chilled clean through the bone. Ain't being dead that's my awful dread. It's the ice of grave that pains. So I want you to swear that foul affair you'll cremate my last remains. Well, the pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore it would not fail. But as we started on at the streak of dawn, God, he looked ghastly pale. He crouched in the sleigh and he raved all day of his home in Tennessee. And by nightfall, a, a corpse was all that was left to Sam McGee. Well, there wasn't a breath in the land of death as I hurried half horror driven with a corpse half hid that I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. He was last to the sleigh, but it seemed to say, You may tax your broad and brain, but you promised true, and it's up to you to cremate my last remains. Or promise me. Is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. In the days to come, though my lips were numb, in my heart, how I cursed that load. On the long, long nights by the lone firelights, as the huskies round in a ring howled out their woes to the homeless snows. God, how I loathe that thing. And every day that quiet clay seemed to heavier and heavier grow. And on I went though the dogs were spent and the grub was getting low. The trail was bad and I felt half mad. But I swore I would not give in. And I'd often sing to that hateful thing as it hearkened with a grin. Till I came to the marge of Lake Gobarge. And a derelict there lay. It was jammed in ice, and I saw in a thrice it was called the Alice May. And I looked at it, and I thought a bit. 
Then I looked at my frozen chum. Then here, I said with a sudden cry, is my crematorium. Some planks I tore from the cabin floor, and I lit the boiler afire. Some coal I found that was lying around, and I heaped the fuel higher and higher. Well, the flames just soared, and the furnace roared, such a blaze you seldom see. Then I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal. And I stuffed in Sam McGee. Then I made for a hike, for I did not like to hear him sizzle so. And the heavens scowled, and the huskies howled, and the winds began to blow. It was icy cold, but the sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I don't know why. As that greasy smoke and an inky cloak went streaking across the sky. Well, I don't know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear. But the stars came out and they danced about and again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, I'll just take a peep inside. Guess it's cooked, and it's timed I looked, and the door I opened wide. And there, there sat Sam, looking cool and calm in the heart of the furnace roar. He wore a smile you could see for a mile, and he said, Please, close that door. It's fine in here, but I greatly fear you're letting the cold and storm. Since I left Plumtree down in Tennessee, it's the first time I've been warm. Well, there are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights. But the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marsh of Lake Labarge when I cremated Sam McGee. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Jack's Climbing Gym. Whether you're preparing to climb a beanstalk, a rather long mane of hair, or a glass mountain, Jack's Climbing Gym will get you in shape for whatever you need to do. Come with a friend or work with one of our instructors to plan your way up the steep mountains to your true love or to find your fortune. Giant discounts for group membership and an additional 10% off if you're named Jack. Come on in to Jack's Climbing Gym. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporter, Tatiana. Tatiana has the gift of dance, and rumor has it she can boogie all night long with the fairies and never get tired. She's also a generous supporter of storytelling, which is pretty cool, 
A big thank you to her and all the other patrons of the podcast. Be like Tatiana and become a patron for as little as $4 a month while getting some sweet perks and rewards. I looked out across the field of newly fallen snow and saw ice mushrooms. Not one or two, but hundreds of ice mushrooms dotting the field near the school. They were light crystalline blue and shimmered delicately. I walked to the edge of the field and leaned down to get a closer look, pulling off my glove so I could touch the edge of a crystalline fungi. I gently ran a finger over the top and it gave way. The ice melting to drops of water on my finger, and I smelled it. It didn't smell like anything. I opened my mouth to taste it, but paused. Now, I wouldn't taste strange mushrooms in the woods, so I probably should not taste mushrooms even if they are made of snow. I saw movement through the falling snowflakes, and looking closer, saw a white mouse emerging out of the snowbanks. It wasn't just white, it was made of snow. The tiny, impossible mouse scurried from mushroom to mushroom, looking nervously about. Then from behind a tree came a snow fox. White and frosted fur, the only dark bit was the nose and its toe beans as it slipped through the storm. The little ice mouse dove under the crust of snow, and I watched the bump of snow move about knocking over ice mushrooms. The delicate fox leapt after it, snow flying and in a swirl, I lost sight of the fox and prey. I stood looking out over the field for a long while, but the snow kept falling until it had covered the ice mushrooms, and all that was left was a quiet stretch of snow fading into the darkness. The second teller for this episode is Liz Weir, storyteller and mentor from Northern Ireland. Liz has been sharing stories for a long time. When I went to see her in 2012, I heard her tell this story and thought it quite enchanting. I'm eager to share it with you. This is from her CD, Here, There, and Everywhere, and it's the tale, How Snow Got Its Color. the snow got its colour. Long ago, when the world was new, everything was given a colour. The sky was blue, the grass was green, the soil was brown. There was only one thing that had no colour at all, and that was the snow. The snow was clear. You could see right through it. When snow fell, It looked just like rain. When it was snowing, people would say, Does it ever stop raining around here? Imagine making a see-through snowman. The snow looked around and saw that flowers had many different colours. So first of all, the snow went up to a red rose and said, 
Excuse me, Red Rose, would you give me some of your colour? What? said the rose. You want some of my red? Yes, yes, if you could give me some of your colour, wouldn't I look lovely? People would look out through their windows and see red snowflakes coming down. They would build red snowmen and throw red snowballs. Oh, go away, said the red rose. When people see me, they think of summer. They think of warmth. They don't think of cold and wind. So the snow thought he would try another flower. He went over to a beautiful yellow daffodil and said, Oh, daffodil, you look so pretty. Your colour is so bright and beautiful. Could you give me a little of your yellow? The daffodil said, What? Please, said the snow, I would look so lovely. People would look out and trees would be covered in yellow and there would be yellow on all the rooftops. It would be so beautiful. Go away, said the daffodil. When people see me, they know that winter is over and that spring is here. Just go away. The snow had almost given up when he noticed a tiny white flower poking up out of the ground. Oh, hello, white flower, he said. Your colour is so clean and fresh. If you could give me some of your white, the whole world would look different in winter. People would see the white glow and know it had been snowing even before they opened their curtains in the morning. Everything would look crisp and new. The little flower said, Do you know what? I think you're right. She reached up and scraped a tiny piece of white from her head. She threw it at the snow and... Lovely white flakes of snow began to fall. Oh, the snow was so delighted. Little flower, he said, you've been so kind to me. Now let me be kind to you. From this day on, no matter how cold it gets, the frost will never nip your blossoms. Even when the ground is frozen hard, you will be the first flower of the spring to push its way up through the soil. Ever since then, that flower has been called the snowdrop. Next time you see a snowdrop, look up underneath it. You will see a little piece of green. And that is where the snowdrop scraped off her colour and gave it to the snow. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find John Porcino and Liz Weir on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. 
You can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast or me at Rachel Ann Hardy. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was Orla McGovern. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a heavy snowfall and a passing interest in growing mushrooms at home. You can see the visual candy for the fairy tale sponsors on the Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. While you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.